My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast. If you're a brand new optimizer, I welcome you and I sincerely hope that you enjoy today's conversation. If you are inspired to take action after listening today, why not tell a friend about this show and help spread the love? And if you're a longtime listener and optimizer OG, welcome back. Whether you're brand new or you're a seasoned vet, if you have just 10 seconds today, it would mean the world to me if you clicked the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice because the more people that subscribe, the more that iTunes and the other platforms can recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show, which to be honest is going to be a bit of an experiment. As a longtime listener, you already know how much I love to do in-depth interviews on a variety of topics, whether that's allowing everyday people to share their personal and their inspirational journeys, or industry experts and world-renowned authors who share their expertise to help you optimize a specific area of your life. But today, what I want to do instead is give you an insider's glimpse into the world of my optimizer coaching and mentorship program and what we call the hot seat. What you're going to hear today is a recording of an actual live session with an Optimizer student where on the hot seat, we tackle various questions, whether that's about career transitions, productivity, workflows, networking, burnout, habit formation, resumes and websites, and any other number of work-life challenges that students bring to the table as they navigate their own paths toward success. In the following Hot Seat session, community member Fabian Corrado wants to create a solid networking and outreach plan to make the transition into scripted television, specifically as an assistant editor. Fabian has been an AE working in trailer houses for many years, and he has decided that scripted TV is what he really wants to do next. This episode is filled with tips, advice, and strategies for making that leap into scripted television. Listen in for the inside scoop so you can apply to your own career as well. And as an added bonus, and there is a spoiler alert attached to this, after listening, if you want to see how all of this ended up working out for Fabian after this hot seat and how he landed his dream job because of it, listen to episode 172 of the podcast at optimizeyourself.me slash episode 172. If you find these sessions valuable, we're going to be sharing Hot Seat Fridays with you every week that are going to be jam-packed with practical, real-world strategies that you can easily apply to your own lifestyle and career to send you off with an action plan for the next Monday ahead. And if after listening to this, you're wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you're going to find all the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together today. 
All right, without further ado, here is today's Hot Seat Friday session with Fabian Corrado. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. Fabian, so what is your Hot Seat topic and why are you here? I signed back up so out of, the, out of your world for a little bit. So the idea is for the next four weeks to set up a plan to be able to network with assistant editors and script and TV and features even maybe. And uh, I'm using this as a way to hold myself accountable every week. So I want to schedule hot seats every week and kind of just go for it just week to week, check in on progress. But I want to use this time today to kind of figure out more of a plan for the next four weeks. And then every week after that kind of check in and see if I'm hitting those markers, benchmarks, whatever. Gotcha. All right. So we're going to use the next four weeks to both create a very clear plan and also start taking some action. Right. Hopefully it actually moves things forward in the next four weeks versus I feel like since the last time you and I worked together, I've kind of just been in this weird like limbo state with everything. So to give everybody a little bit of context, you've been through both of my programs in the past. So you definitely are, you know, good with the time management and the focus. You've also done the networking program. And in the process of working through all of these things, you have uh, gone back and forth to multiple different trailer companies. So currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, unless things have changed, you're currently still an assistant editor. It is it called Jamestown? Jamestown, yeah. Yeah. And you've also worked at uh, Mob Scene and there's another, was it Trailer Park? Trailer Park, yeah. That's right. So Mob Scene to Trailer Park and now you're at Jamestown. Yeah. And you're full-time, correct? Full-time. And how long have you been there? Almost a year and about a month. That's right. Gotcha. So full-time, does that mean you are like 40 hours a week or does it mean that it varies and sometimes it's 80 hours a week and it's all over the place? They don't really let us do overtime. Ah, I love places that don't allow overtime. Well, they built it into our day. Right. Got it. Okay. So it's like 40 hours. Right. So the reason I'm asking is I'm trying to better understand what's the available both time, but also focus and energy. And if you're only working 40 hours a week, there's a significant amount of extra time where you can focus on executing this plan. Yeah. Also, because I am working from home, so I have no commute at the moment. Right. right. So and then the only three hours a day. Right. And the only other challenge that you have that I know is unique to you is that you also, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're still working at your family store. Yeah, that's more weekends right now. Gotcha. All right. So really, we're looking at what can you do during the week with the extra three plus hours that you have because you're not commuting and because you're only working 40 hours a week. Right. So the point being, we can get a significant amount accomplished in the next four weeks. That's the hope. That's the plan. Excellent. All right. So just to clarify for everybody here and also to clarify for both of us. The goal is that you want to transition from being an assistant editor at a very high level in the trailer world to being an assistant editor, ideally on scripted television, but scripted features are also not off the table. Right. And you have no interest whatsoever in going into the unscripted documentary space. Gotcha. All right. So I just wanted to, to give everybody that recap so we know where we're starting. So, like you said, you've kind of been in the state of limbo and without going too deep or personal into some of the Slack messages we've had, you just kind of feel like you're watching all of these uh, successes pass you by. You're getting these emails that say, now is the best time in the world to become an assistant editor and join Master of the Workflow. It's a boom town out there. Everybody's got work. You're an assistant editor. You're an assistant editor. You get a show. You get a show. And you're like, but what about me? (laughs) Basically, yeah. Right? So one of the questions that I asked you is how many people have you actually reached out to? And you I, said, I think it was like, I think it was like four or five. Right? Four people. Four You've people. reached out to four people. 
And the reason I say that is not to put you on the spot or be judgmental. It's to make it very clear why you're not getting results because the amount that you're putting yourself out there isn't nearly enough to get the results that you want. I think right? part so, of that holdup has been, I'm not sure if I'm like, if I'm reaching out to the right people. Like, I just feel like I'm just running circles. If I do reach out to people, it's like, are these even going to be people that help me at all? Right. But at the end of the day, whether or not they're the right people, you only reached out to four. Right. So the, the probability that all four of those people are going to be the right people and have the right opportunities is slim because there's only four of them. Right. Let's now quadruple that number. And we say, you're reaching out to 16 to 20 people in the next month. Not all of them might be the right person. And not all of them might have the right job opportunities lined up for you. But the probability increases that they are the right people and that there are opportunities just by sheer math. Right. Right. So I think that the, the core foundation of what we need to change in your system right now is the frequency at which you're reaching out to people. Yes, we need to make sure that it's the right people and we need to make sure the strategy is sound. And you've become, unless you've lost this talent, you got really, really good at outreach emails. Um, I remember that you struggled a little bit at first and then by the end of the semester, like you were nailing them and I would get a message from you. I'm like, dude, you don't need me anymore. Just hit the send button. So I know you're good at it and you're doing it well. The problem is you're not doing it enough. Right. Right. So we need to increase the frequency and also make sure you're targeting the right people. Right. That's where I'm kind of like going back and forth. Like, I don't know if it should be a mix of editors and assistant editors or if it should, it should be all assistant editors or is it all editors? I don't know. Given where you are right now with your level of experience, and I don't mean experience as an assistant and your understanding of workflows, et cetera, et cetera. I want you to look at it from the perspective of either a co-producer or an editor. Given your level of experience, how likely is it that somebody's just going to put you in to the lead assistant editor or an assistant editor position for an entire season of a series right now? Probably not. I would say the chances are low. The chances are not zero. If I had asked you that question two years ago, I would have said your chances are barely above zero. With the market right now, people are doing this because they can't find anybody else. The number one complaint that I'm hearing from editors and producers on a daily basis is that there are no more assistants. They're gone. There's nobody out there that can do the job and I cannot find talent. And then there are people like you saying, There are no jobs, so I can't find the jobs, right? So I just need to take you and you, and I need to bring you together, right? (laughs) Yeah. So what we need to understand is realistically, what is the best fit for you right now based on the skills you have and your perceptive level of experience in scripted? What's the best fit or opportunity that's going to make sense? In terms of like an AE role? I mean, right now, for you to get hired on something by this afternoon, What's the lowest hanging fruit where it's going to be easy enough to convince somebody I can do this job today? What does that role look like? It's probably going to be like, like you said, a fill-in role for like a week. Yes. It's going to be a fill-in role for a day, a week, a month. I actually, I have a friend that's unscripted and I was texting him last night and I was like, can you just take a week off and recommend me for a week? (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to do it. Yeah, but he's like, I can't do that. I'm like, ugh. Thanks. I mean, if you find find all the assistant editors on your favorite shows and slash their tires and say, hey, if you need a day off to get this taken care of, I'm available. That's one strategy. Yeah. Probably not the best one, but it could work. But at the end of the day, the chances of you getting a full season of a show are relatively slim. I'm not saying right. they're nothing. If right. you know the right people, then you could make it happen. Right. But the the most obvious opportunity for you right now is filling in for somebody for a week or for a month. Right. So if that's the case... 
Who is it that you think is the most advantageous to connect with to make that happen? That would, it would have to be an AE. It would be the assistant editors or the co-producers. Okay. Very rarely, not I'm not going to say never, but very rarely are editors involved in the conversation about, hey, do you know somebody that could fill in? Until they've asked all of the assistants and the co-producers have gone through their uh, contact list. Only after they've exhausted those will they go to the editor and say, hey, do you know anybody? Because oddly enough, editors don't know a lot of assistants. We know our assistants and the people that we've worked with in the past. We don't know a lot of assistants. So the number one people you need to be connecting with right now are other assistant editors and scripted television by far. Okay. And then you need to use those relationships to facilitate connections to co-producers. Okay. Because I haven't even, like, co-producers, I haven't been on the radar at all. Yeah. Those are the two people you need to get in front of so that when something comes up, and right now it's coming up literally on a daily basis multiple times a day where somebody says, I just need somebody fast that can come in and be a warm body. Do you know anyone? You need to be the first name that people think of on that list. Okay. So assistant editors – And co-producers, and what you can often do so it's not cold, is connect with the assistant editors first and then have them facilitate an introduction to the co-producer. Right. Are you hearing that from AEs or from co-producers? Hearing what? That they just need somebody to come in. Both. I'm hearing it more from AEs than I am from co-producers, but that's also because my world on social media is mostly people um, that are either assistant editors or editors, but it's definitely producers as well. Okay. Um, but it's the, the there's never been um, more scarcity of talent than – I've never seen anything like this in 20 years. There's so much content and so few people that are qualified. And one of the conversations we had earlier in our call, um, so not to be too redundant, but since you weren't here, I want to say this again, is that right now we know that you have the skills to do the job. And I believe you have the skills to do the job well enough on day one that you don't fail. There's still a lot of stuff that you don't know how to do in scripted, but based on the high level of experience that you have in really crazy high-pressure environments in the trailer world, I have no doubt you'd walk into scripted and be like, this isn't bad at all. Oh, my God, this is way easier than the crap I deal with the trailer park or mob scene or anywhere else, right? So you know enough to not fail on day one, and you can ask questions to figure out the rest when you get there. You just need to make sure that everybody else knows that. Right. The other main strategic question that I have for you uh, is, are you in the union? I am union eligible, so I'm on the roster. All right, so you're on the roster. So that tells me that uh, if somebody wanted to hire you, all you have to do is make a phone call, write a check, and you're in, which eliminates a lot of the hassle. Right. So this is something sorted out last year. Excellent. And that was smart because if you had said, I still need to get on the roster, nobody's going to hire you as a fill-in because it takes way too long to make that happen. But you're a phone call and a check away from starting a job on a union show tomorrow. So that that part's taken care of. The next part, up until now, I never would have advised this to anybody, but the, the game has changed significantly. But in the past, when somebody said, hey, I got on the roster, Should I join the union? And I would always say the same thing. Don't join the union until you get a union job. Right. Because you have to. And now I'm potentially going to change my tune for the first time ever. And here's why. There is a jobs board on the Editors Guild website that's only accessible to active union members. And right now it has like 15 unfilled assistant editor positions because there's nobody left. (laughs) Jesus. Like every single day, there's a new email that says new assistant editor position available, and they're just sitting there languishing on the Guild website because they're out of talent. Wow. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it, ever. 
Do you so back I, to why you've never seen anything like it? Do you think it's because everything got pushed back for a year and now they're like double booked in a way? Like I think it's a combination of multiple factors. The first of which is yes, there is a lot of things that got pushed that were on hold, and there's such a backlog of content that they're trying to get taken care of. But number two is there's just more content and more platforms than ever. Right. Right. There used to be, first of all, it used to be just network TV, four right. channels, not a whole lot of shows. Then cable came along and there's a whole bunch of other channels and HGTV and National Geographic. But now multiply that by 10 because now we have all of these streaming platforms and they have all of their content. So there's just so many shows that are being made because the demand for content is more than it's ever been circling back to because everybody's at home during a pandemic and they want to be entertained. Right. Gotcha. So it's it's just absolutely madness out there. My sincerest apologies for the interruption in the middle of this interview. But if you are a content creator or you work in the entertainment industry, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life because collaborating with Evercast is that powerful. Here's a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with Evercast co-founders, Brad Thomas and award-winning editor, Roger Barton. Living this lifestyle of a feature film editor has really had an impact on me. So I was really looking for something to push back against all of these lifestyle infringements that are imposed on us, both by schedules and expectations. When you guys demoed Evercast for me that first time, my jaw hit the floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is what I have been waiting for for a decade. I also had the same reaction when I first saw Evercast. Two words came to mind, game changer. Our goal, honestly, is to become the Zoom for creatives, whatever it is you're streaming, whether it's editorial, visual effects, pro tools for music composition, live shot cameras. It's consistent audio and video, lip sync always stays in sync. Whether you're in a live session where you're getting that feedback immediately or you can't get it immediately, so you record the session and you can share those clips with people on the production team where there's no room for any confusion. It's like, this is exactly what the director wants. This is exactly what the producer wants. What matters most to me is it makes the entire process more efficient, which then translates to us as creatives who spend way too much time in front of computers. We get to shut it down and we get to go spend time with our friends and family. The biggest complaint, and I'm sure you guys have heard this many, many times, this looks amazing. I just can't afford it. Tesla had to release the Model S before they released the Model 3. So by the end of the year, we are going to be releasing a sub $200 version a month of Evercast for the freelancer and indie creatives. Anyone who is a professional video creator outside of Hollywood. I think what we've learned over the last few months is that this technology can translate to better lives for all of us that give us more flexibility and control while still maintaining the creativity, the creative momentum, and the quality of work. I cannot stress this enough. Evercast is changing the way that we collaborate. If you value your craft, your well-being, and spending quality time with the ones you love, Evercast now makes that possible for you and me. To listen to the full interview and learn about the amazing potential that Evercast has to change the way that you work and live, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. Now back to today's interview. So up until now, and like I even advised you a few months ago, don't spend the money to join the union until you yeah. have a job. I I'm thinking you, like, in your specific circumstances, and again, this is all about your financial level of comfort because you're taking a bit of a risk, but frankly, you're going to have to pay your union initiation fee, whether it's today or it's in three months or next week, you're going to end up paying this because you're going to make this happen and you're going to get a union script the job. Right. So the question is, do you have the financial level of comfort and risk 
I'm willing to pay it now, even if it might not pay off for a month or six months. Yeah, I've spent more on stuff that didn't. <laughs> but I, I do believe at this point, the resources are available, that it's going to be worth your initiation fee to pay it now. And I've never advised that to people before. Right. Um, but the amount of unfilled assistant editor jobs and the, the, the level at which people are willing to go to to hire a good assistant, yeah. because I've never seen anything like it, I think you're poised and in a position to take advantage of that. You're saying if I did that, that would actually speed up the process of... I think it would. Because in the past, like even three months ago, this jobs board was relatively new and nobody was using it. Right. But the jobs board has just basically set off like wildfire. Um, and I'm just seeing multiple notifications. And it's almost all assistant editors. Okay. So I saw some in the – about the master of the workflow. Mm-hmm. And some of the things they're linking to are in the union website that I don't have access to. Right. So I'm not a member. I don't know if it's that same – Job board? Uh, it probably is. Yes, I would assume that it is. I don't know the the intricacies of Master the Workflows community or like what they're linking to, but my assumption right. is they're linking to the jobs board on the Guild website. Because the other day they posted like seven or eight AE jobs that were all yep. linked to the union website. Yeah, and that, that's a resource that even I, I mean, I could provide, but it's not a resource that I do provide because I'm trying to branch out larger than just assistant editors. Right. But if there ever were a world where you want to be around the right people and build a network to get exactly where you want to get, it's the people that are in Master of the Workflow. Okay. You don't get any more niche than the students in that course because a lot of those graduates go on to take assistant editor positions in scripted, and the first people they're going to refer for fill-in positions are those they're already familiar with from their community of people that have learned the same content they have. Right, okay. So even if you didn't open a single lesson, if you didn't watch one video and you didn't learn anything in your circumstances, if you join Master the Workflow – and you got a referral from somebody in that community and you ended up getting an assistant editor job, is the price you pay to join that program worth it? Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. So to me, that would that should be one of your strategies is I would reach out because I know that they closed their card. I think it was on Sunday, um, but they're usually pretty good about opening it if you have a, a compelling enough story and a reason to do so. And right. if you just nudge them and say, Zach told me to, they'll let you in. <laughs> but. But I would highly encourage you, and again, this is about your financial level of comfort. I don't know what your bank account looks like, so if from a financial perspective it's not doable, I totally get it. I'm to me, it's it's, it's not money that you're spending. It's money that you're investing. Yeah, There's I'm not, a big I'm not, difference. I'm not losing that money. It's just, right. Yeah. Essentially, what you're doing, whether it's paying for that or paying for the union initiation fees, you're paying to shorten the amount of time that this takes for you. Right. That in my mind, there's no question knowing you and knowing your trajectory, this is inevitable. This is going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. The right. only reason it doesn't happen is if you give up. It's the only reason this is not going to happen for you. Well, it's not gonna happen. So. No, and it's not going to happen. <laughs> right? You just you yeah. just kind of got stuck in, you know, like you said, you got kind of got in your head and you know the, the job is beating you down and it's not terribly invigorating and you're just kind of over it. Yeah. Right. But the only reason you're not going to make the transition is if you stop trying. Right. You have everything you need to do the job at noon today. You just you're, you're not fishing in the right fishing hole right now. Right. How much? Do you know how much that to get into the union right now it costs? For assistant editors, I don't. Okay. Um, I think off the top of my head, it's around fifteen hundred. But I would look at their website; it should be on there. Okay. But I'm not sure. Um, I think assistants, it's 1500 and editors, it's 3000 but that might have changed. That's at least what it was the last time I checked, last time somebody asked. Okay. Um, but I would verify it, on, verify it on their site. Okay. Because if I do that, then I get access to that job board. And- yep. 
But what you also have, even if you don't, let's say that you apply to all the jobs and you get none of them. What you get is an insider's glimpse at what shows are looking for people. And you can reach out to the people working on their shows and introduce yourself, provide a little bit of value and get on everybody's radar for the first person on the call list when they need somebody to fill in for them. Right. Okay. Because you know they just started hiring people and they're actively looking. Right. So what often yeah, I happens? Think that's the problem that I've been having. That I don't know by just reaching out to AEs. I don't know if they're still working or if they're taking a break or if they're on a show. If their show needs to be like, I feel like having more of access to like a job board like this, it gives you more an idea of what shows are actually in production and like you said, just hiring. Exactly. So I think that alone would be worth it. The other thing that I'm seeing happening a lot is that if a producer or an editor or assistant editors are referring people, and let's say that they interview three people, there's going to be two that are like, God, we could go with both of them. They're both perfect. We're going to go with option A, and let's say your option B. A week later, they call this person, and they say, hey, we're looking for somebody. Oh, you know what? We just hired somebody, but we just met with Fabian. We almost hired him. He was really good. You should meet with him. Okay. So even if you can get in the room to interview with some of these people or introduce yourself and it doesn't end up being a job, right? they're going to refer you if they really like you. Right. See, that's the other thing. I haven't, like, if I was interviewing and not getting jobs, I've, at least I feel like I'd be making some progress. Yes. Because my name's starting to circle around a little bit, but I'm yep. not even at that level. Oh, you're totally at that level. Well, not that level, you're, but I haven't, had, I haven't had that experience yet. Yes. You're just not right. taking the right actions and connecting with the right people to make that happen, but you're totally at the level where right. you should be a part of this conversation. Right. Okay. So you're saying my strategy should be more based on getting into the union and reaching out to those shows and people. The foundational strategy is you need to build relationships with the right people that right. are going to see you as the perfect fit for a fill-in opportunity. Right. The tactic to enable that strategy the fastest is to join the union, look at the job boards, connect with those people, and also, if it makes sense, join Master the Workflow and make yourself known in that community so they can refer you. It, so. Oh, you did join it. I did. I joined it the other day. Oh, okay, great. So then never mind. So that's already yeah. taken care of. But yeah. again, if we're, if we're really doing the numbers and we're talking about the investment, the right. combination of paying your dues, which is, and when I say that, I mean literally paying your dues, um, <laughs> $1,500 plus master the workflow, which is what, like a thousand or something? Thousand. So if you invest $2,500 and you get a job on a show, your first week's paycheck covers all of that. Yeah, that's why I'm not too worried about it because I know it'll come back. Yeah. So all you need to do is make sure that you are the number one person on the list for assistant editors and co-producers. When they get a call or they need somebody to fill in for a fill-in opportunity on a scripted show, you're the guy that they're thinking of. That's your big picture strategy. Okay. And the story that you need to tell to make that happen is I already have all of the skills necessary to be good enough at this job on day one that my resourcefulness and problem-solving skills allow me to do the rest once I get there. Okay. Because knowing the kind of shit that you have to deal with, <laughs> places like Mob Scene and Trailer Park and everywhere else, yeah. you're going to go into the world of scripted narrative and be like, oh my God, is this easy? Just, you mean somebody else syncs your dailies and does all your time code and all I have to do is organize them in bins? That's your job? Yeah. Like I, I've seen this happen to more than one person that came from either unscripted or from the marketing world. And they're like, this job is ridiculously easy. It's There's still going to be things you need to learn. And there are different, you're going to use different terms that other people might use. Like for an example, when somebody says, we're, we need you to prep for online. That's what it would be in the trailer world. Right. Uh, in the scripted world, they say, you need to know how to do turnovers. And if you're like, 
Right. What does it mean to do a turnover? Oh God, we can't have him. Right. But you're like, oh yeah, turnovers. Yeah, we call it prepping for online. Done it a hundred times. Right. And I'm still doing. I still because I have another assistant editor boot camp that I'm doing as well. That I'm still going through that little by little. So I have like almost 20 hours worth of content to kind of go through. But but what I don't want you to do is get bogged down in knowledge because you know enough right now to do the job at noon today. Yeah. So I'm not saying problem. don't use the resources, but the, if you if you have one thing, right, going back to this concept of the one thing that we talked about way back in the day, right. your one thing is not watching all this content and consuming it and improving your skills. Your one thing is using the relationships and resources that you have in these programs to connect to the right people so they know you have enough skill already and you're continuing to sharpen your skills as we speak to be even more prepared when that time comes. Right. Got it. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid that information overload. Yeah, because at this point, you don't you don't need more information. Right. If you said to me, I don't really understand the scripted workflow, and I've never worked with dailies before, and I'm really bad at sound effects work, I'd say you should not be putting yourself in fill-in positions because you're not ready. Right. I think you're ready. There's right. still way more that you need to learn, but you're ready. Right. So information is not your problem. Your problem is there are not enough people that know that you're ready for this opportunity. Exactly. Right. So if you can only do one thing on any given day, it should be related to relationships. If you've taken care of that and you have extra time, dive into the course materials. Right. Okay. I think it was more just like I wanted to just kind of get a glimpse of what kind of things look like because I haven't shadowed anybody yet. Right. So I wanted to right. see like kind of just what that looks like. You know? And you, you already know multiple people that would most likely do a shadowing opportunity as long as they're logistically able to because of security reasons or otherwise. Right. So that's another thing I would be thinking about is just so I can get the comfort level up a little bit more, who could I do a three-hour shadowing opportunity with? So the takeaway is, oh, yeah, I can totally do this. Right. I, I can already think of, I can think of one person immediately that would do that for you, and I'm sure there are multiple others. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, it's... Yeah, I know I could do it. I just want to get like a glimpse before I like jump in, right? And that's smart because that's another thing that you can mention in your meeting. When somebody says, I got your name from so-and-so and and we're looking for a fill-in, you can say, listen, I've been in the trailer world for years. I've been through all the chaos. And if it makes you feel any better, even though I technically don't have any scripted narrative experience, I just shadowed with this person um, last week, I feel really good about what it is that you're asking me to do. That's going to increase their comfort level that you're ready. Okay. And then here's the other thing that I have. If I have to, if I'm going to be looking at more fill in roles, like at what point, cause it's going to be difficult with work because I'm starting, they're making us commute in like two weeks. So now the issue becomes, do I stick around with Jamestown or if I feel like I have enough opportunity with fill ins, do I leave? Given how uh, how high you are on the happiness scale at Jamestown. <laughs> Super high. On, I know, day. it just seems like you're so satisfied. One of the things you need to ask yourself, and you need to ask yourself this question very, very quickly, what does it take for me to quit? Is it going to be a one-week opportunity? Is it a one-month opportunity? Am I so miserable that if I get one day filling in on a scripted show, I'll quit, and then I feel confident I can move forwards? Ask yourself— Right. But what, what's the minimum level of comfort based on your financial situation? Because clearly the only reason you're at this job is the paycheck. I don't see any other reason you're here at this point, correct? It's, I love to so, hear an actor talk about acting. Yeah. They, so it's the world. So it, we know <laughs> that on the, the scale of all the different types of creative jobs that I've talked about, you've got a paycheck job. Yeah. So you need to ask yourself, at what point do I need to cut the cord to make myself available for other opportunities? Right. So I can't answer that question for you, but you need to think about that. 
Right. And I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, do I, like, I think, I mean, it can't be a day and it can't be a week, but I think it has to be more like a month. Well, what if it were a week on the new Lord of the Rings series for Amazon? By Jamestown. <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't want you to say it has to be more than a week. Right. It's, it's going to be subject to the circumstances right. because if, and obviously this is, you know, a very extreme example, but let's say that you do a week-long fill-in job on Lord of the Rings, and now that's on your resume. What's the likelihood that you're going to get another fill-in job or even a full season now that you have that credit? Much higher. Bingo. You want to make yourself available as fast as humanly possible. Right. So stick with your job for now, right. as long as it doesn't preclude you from doing all the work you need to do. But then you have to be willing to cut the cord as fast as possible based on the circumstances of whatever your first opportunity is that comes up. Right. Fortunately, I, you know, having the store, I don't lose all my income. Right. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a pay cut, but if I had to, I could make it work with that until the script had really took off. The time right. is going to come where you have to cut the cord, even if you don't have enough work lined up that you feel totally comfortable with it. Right. That I time think, is yeah, going to come. I think I just have to make myself available. Right. Yes. Like if I don't, I can't just keep taking one, like I can't just take a week off, go back to Jamestown. And then take another week off. Like at some point, I just leave that and just I feel like do fill-ins for a little bit. Hopefully not long. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take long given the current market. Okay. But as far as, okay, so, okay. So the, the plan, if we're talking about accountability, is that between now and next week, when you're going to do your next hot seat session, I want you to put together a list of a minimum of five, hopefully more, but a minimum of five people that you need to get in front of where you're going to have a high likelihood of either them having a fill-in opportunity or them knowing people that they can refer you to on shows that you actually want to work on. Because if you've reached out to four people over the last several months, we need to be doing like five a week right now. Okay. If I walked out into the middle of a field and planted four corn seeds and waited three months and said, where's my <laughs> cornfield? I'd be like, well, duh, like it's because you didn't plant enough seeds. So we need to start planting seeds like a madman. Right. So, and, but as far as like the people in the shows, do I need to be looking at shows that are like about to start back up? Cause it's like, I don't know what shows, right? For now, I would just start with people that either, if you're going to join the jobs board, if you're going to join the union, I would look at those knowing that they just started up and start building relationships with some of those people. I think the um, best plan of attack is to join and just have access to that. Use that, use the, the resources you have in master the workflow next. Right. Um, another community that you have that's not going to be as targeted or as specific as Master the Workflow, but this community has a lot of assistant editors that are working on scripted television. Yeah, and so, I don't even know who's on what. Like. If only we had developed a member directory where people <laughs> could put their name and their contact information and the shows that they've worked on in the past to help guide you. Oh, wait, that. we did but create one that. of those. <laughs> so you may not even be aware of it because it didn't exist when you started, but we yeah, have a full member directory. So we have a directory of not everybody in this program because it's voluntary. Right. Um, but the last time I checked, over 100 of our students had put their information in here. And right. a lot of connections have been made on this board. And people have gotten jobs just by going onto the member directory and saying, oh, you work on this show. I'm in the optimizer community. And then, bam, jobs show up. Right. So if, if, if you're going to mine three resources, it's the jobs board um, on the Guild website. Right. It's the community that you now have access to and master the workflow, and it's this existing community. Okay. That uh, have you uh, give you enough to do between now and next week? It gives me enough to do. Okay, good. A little bit, but, you know. Good. That's where I want you to be. <laughs> I want you to be in the discomfort zone. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just trying to piece it all together. Like, I'm trying to see it in my head. Well, and if you find that there is too much and you're having a hard time sequencing it or prioritizing, then that's what we talk about next week. Okay. I mean, between now and next week, I want to have at least, you know, a few names yep. and a few emails. But if it is a little bit of information overload and you need help sequencing, then we can talk about that next week too. Okay. Cool. Before closing up today's show, I would love to ask for just a couple additional minutes of your time and attention to introduce you to one of my new favorite products created by my good friend Kit Perkins, who you may recognize as creator of the Topomat. Here is a brief excerpt from a recent interview that I did with ErgoDriven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins talking about his latest product, New Standard Whole Protein. I'm into health and fitness generally, but I want it to be simple and straightforward. About a year, year and a half ago, I started adding collagen into my protein shakes. And man, the benefits were like more dramatic than any supplement I've ever seen. So I thought if I could just get this down to coming out of one jar and it's ingredients that I know I can trust and you just put it in water and you don't have to think about it. When people think of protein powders, they think, well, I don't want to get big and bulky. And that's not what this is about. To me, this is about repair. So a big part of what we're talking about here is you are what you eat. Your body's constantly repairing and rebuilding and the only stuff it can use to repair and rebuild is what you've been eating unfortunately as the years have gone by every day getting out of bed it's like you know two or three creaks and pops in the first couple steps and that i thought you just sort of live with now but yeah once starting the collagen daily or near daily it's just gone so for us job 1a here was make sure it's high quality and that's grass-fed 100 pasture-raised cows and then the second thing if you're actually going to do it every day it needs to be simple it needs to taste good well my goal is that for anybody that is a creative professional like myself that's stuck in front of a computer, number one, they're doing it standing on a topo mat. Number two, they've got a glass of new standard protein next to them so they can just fuel their body, fuel their brain. So uh, you and I, my friend, one edit station at a time are going to change the world. And even better for your listeners with code OPTIMIZE on either a one-time purchase for that first subscribe and save order, 50% off. So if you do that subscribe and save, that's 20% off and 50% off with code OPTIMIZE. That's a fantastic deal. If you're looking for a simple and affordable way to stay energetic, focused, and alleviate the chronic aches and pains that come from living at your computer, I recommend New Standard Whole Protein because it's sourced from high quality ingredients that I trust and it tastes great. To place your first order, visit optimizeyourself.me slash new standard and use the code optimize for 50% off your first order. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hot Seat Fridays. If you find this new format valuable, please reach out and let us know. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash contact to leave your honest feedback. And if after listening, you are wishing that you could schedule your own hot seat session, I invite you to join our community of optimizers, where you are going to find all of the support and connections you need to optimize every aspect of your life. Just go to optimizeyourself.me slash optimizer to learn more about the various coaching and mentorship options available so you and I can start working together. And as a quick reminder to subscribe so you don't miss future interviews just like this one, please visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast. And a special thanks to our sponsors Evercast and ErgoDriven for making today's interview possible. To learn more about how to collaborate remotely without missing a frame and to get your real-time demo of Evercast in action, visit optimizeyourself.me slash Evercast. And to learn more about ErgoDriven and their brand new product that I am super excited about, New Standard Whole Protein, visit optimizeyourself.me slash New Standard. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.